Today on the God and Cancel Culture podcast, I'm reading Chapter 3, Controlling People Through COVID-19. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen Strang. I'm the author, and I am reading through the book chapter by chapter, day by day. It's not the entire chapter, but it's most of it, and it's to share the message, but also to encourage you to either buy and listen to the audio book or go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com, where you can get an autographed copy. So today, I'm reading chapter three. I think it's one of the most important. When I've been on media and when I've spoken, I will emphasize how people who speak up about COVID-19 have been canceled. I think you'll find this interesting, and I think you may be shocked. Controlling people through COVID-19. Even personal health is not off limits to cancel culture. COVID-19 became a political bludgeon even before it led to mass lockdowns. As I wrote in my book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, in January 2020, President Trump quickly shut down the U.S. borders, announcing on January 31st travel restrictions on those coming from China effective February 2nd, and then March 13th on those coming from Europe where the virus was spreading quickly. He declared the outbreak a national emergency on March 13th. These swift moves, which eventually would be applauded by most Americans, drew sharp criticism at the time from Democrats who condemned, quote, Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering after he announced the China travel restrictions. Trump said Democrats, quote, loudly criticized and protested his travel restrictions and even called me a racist because of the decision. Hypocritically and somewhat cynically, leftists then jumped on the other side of the issue and tried instead to use the pandemic as they try to use everything, as a means to control people. Uncertainty and fear were the foundations of their power. My bout with COVID-19. COVID-19 caught up with me in December 2020 when I flew to Phoenix to attend an important conference. The trip was full of long days and little sleep, and I quickly wore down my immune system. A few times in the past when this happened, I came home with the flu, which I figured I picked up on an airplane. This time I came home with COVID-19. My main symptoms were fatigue, which I at first assumed was jet lag and a persistent fever. I immediately took the test, learned I had the dreaded disease, and went into quarantine for 10 days. My wife banished me to a guest room and office at one end of the house, and as far as I know, I gave the virus to no one. So how did I feel? My personal experience was very mild. I felt better in three days, though I stayed locked down. The common flu made me much sicker than COVID-19. So I've had a hard time understanding why people panicked over this virus. Yes, people died. But I had a close friend, born just a few days before me, who died of the common flu in early 2019. And we didn't panic over the flu. People die in automobile accidents, but we don't ban driving. Of course, I am not without sympathy for those who have suffered great loss as a result of complications from the virus. I knew only four people personally who died from COVID-19, and each was over 80 years old. Vulnerable people must be careful, 
and those who have symptoms should immediately quarantine until they know they are COVID-free. One of my part-time staff members who had severe symptoms went to lunch with other staff members and gave the virus to several more, a couple of whom ended up in the hospital. I am grateful everyone recovered. Long before I got the disease, I was writing and podcasting about the new virus from China. When COVID-19 was first declared a worldwide pandemic, we didn't know how serious it would be. Like many people, I wondered if it would be like the bubonic plague or Black Death in Europe in 1347 to 1353, which killed 20 million to 40 million people, or as much as nearly two-thirds of the population. In 2020, I recorded podcast on the virus in early February before COVID-19 had hit most people's radar screens. Some were just trying to figure out what was going on. In the February podcast, we examined sources in China who were saying that the Chinese Communist government was lying about it. In my biggest podcast ever, in March 2020, I talked about what different Christian leaders were saying about the pandemic. Obviously, interest on the subject was high. When the lockdown began, our company, Charisma Media, never closed. We were considered essential, but we had about 75% of the staff work from home just to be safe. We practiced social distancing and disinfected everything, and only one of my staff members came down with the virus, which he picked up from a family member until December when I tested positive. But within a few short months from the beginning of the outbreak, the left had developed a, quote, correct COVID-19 narrative and began bullying people into proclaiming their view on vaccines, lockdowns, proper treatments, and such. Seeing the Democrats were not letting this crisis go to waste and that many states were far more restrictive than the one I live in, I realized the response to the pandemic would greatly affect the election. I took 21 days in April 2020 to write God, Trump, and COVID-19, which we released as an ebook and then in print when stores started opening again. By then, the politically correct narrative was hardening into place, and those who questioned it were painted as insensitive, anti-science quacks, and extremists. One physician friend of mine experienced the left's wrath in a highly visible way, both personally and professionally. Frontline persecution. Dr. Stella Emanuel's rise to national acclaim and scorn began with a hitherto obscure, to non-medical folks such as me, and rather common drug called hydroxychloroquine. The first time I heard about this drug was when President Donald Trump began talking about it, predictably causing the left to respond with wild rumors and claims of its unproven status. I did my own investigating and found it could be taken as a prophylactic, so I started taking regular doses. I later learned I was taking only half the recommended dosage, both of hydroxychloroquine and zinc, which I already took as part of my vitamin regimen. I thought I was immune and was shocked when I tested positive for COVID-19. But before then, people were buzzing about a group known as America's Frontline Doctors. I watched some of its videos and was impressed with what I heard. It made sense to me that a drug designed to address one concern is often found to be effective treatment for another. My own doctor had explained this fact concerning a prescription I took one time. I also heard that one of the frontline doctors, 
Dr. Stella Manuel of Houston, was a spirit-filled Christian. That's the audience that Charisma Media serves, and we were able to track her down so I could interview her for a podcast. Charisma News called Emmanuel a COVID-busting warrior physician. That's a great way to describe this Cameroon native who burst onto the national scene for touting a simple and seemingly non-controversial treatment for the virus. Early in the pandemic, Emmanuel heard from a fellow physician about the use of hydroxychloroquine in treating COVID-19. At Rehoboth Medical Center, the clinic she owns in Houston, she told me, we started using it and the results were dramatic. Where patients came in with COVID symptoms, if they came in within the first two, three days, the results were so dramatic that they got better in 24 to 48 hours. So we started using hydroxychloroquine and then treating them with zinc, with vitamin C, and azithromycin. Emmanuel did more research and found an article from several years earlier that showed hydroxychloroquine was a potent inhibitor of SARS-CoV-2, she said. Because COVID is a group of viruses, they actually act the same way. So it made sense that if it inhibited viral replication, it stopped viral uptake. It opened the zinc channels so that the zinc could get into the cell. It only made sense. And of course, we started using it and it worked. It was amazing, end quote. Emmanuel treated hundreds of patients and everybody's alive. I mean, we treat them and they all get well, she said. Unlike many other COVID-19 patients whose symptoms come and go, her patients, quote, don't get waxing and waning symptoms. They get well. It clears the virus out of their system. It clears the symptoms out of their system. And that's why I call it a cure. People get crazy and say, you cannot say it's a cure. There's no cure for COVID. I maintain that there is a cure for COVID. It's hydroxychloroquine. It is zinc and azithromycin. I do not understand why they want Americans to die when an effective treatment for COVID-19 exists, she said. She was referring to the vociferous pushback she and other frontline doctors received when they met together in Washington, D.C. to educate the public about effective treatments for COVID. The group, led by Dr. Simone Gold, made a video that not only garnered millions of views in a short period of time, Breitbart video of its press conference accumulated over 17 million views during the first eight hours it was hosted on Facebook, but it also exemplified the lengths to which the left would go to maintain control, not just of the cultural narratives, but of medical cures. Dr. Gold later told Tucker Carlson that she and her fellow physicians came to Washington because we were distressed. Frontline doctors like myself, we're seeing patients not only get what they need, we're seeing the doctor-patient relationship being completely eroded so that governors are empowering pharmacies to overrule doctors who had conversations with their patients. It's really something that America should be alarmed about. Dr. Gold pointed out that although the video of the press conference in front of the Supreme Court got the most attention, the frontline event itself was actually seven hours of doctors teaching the American people, quote, we went through everything, the lockdowns, masks, hydroxychloroquine treatment, other treatments, how it affects older people, younger people. That was actually the majority of the summit, she said. In a second video, Dr. Emanuel stood with a group of several others, most of whom wore white lab coats, and said, quote, 
If they put everybody on hydroxychloroquine right now, for those with early disease and those who want to get prevention, I'm telling you, it will stop COVID-19 in its tracks in 30 days, unquote. She challenged those who didn't believe her to look me up. Look up every one of us. We're physicians. You can find us. We're not hiding. We're right here. In the viral video, Gold said, this is a treatment regimen that's very simple, and it should be in the hands of the American people. The difficult aspect of it is that at the moment, because of politics, it's being blocked from doctors prescribing it. It's being blocked from pharmacists releasing it. I'm in favor of it being over the counter. Give it to the people. I don't want anyone to just believe me because I'm saying it, she told Tucker Carlson. We put together a white paper that has all the science. It's utterly irrefutable that hydroxychloroquine is safe. That's without question. You have to kind of wonder why they're still talking about an FDA-approved medication. Still, Facebook, YouTube, and other big tech outlets were taking down the video as fast as people were putting it up, Emmanuel told me later. Some of the reactions seem to have been politically motivated. President Trump said on May 18, 2020, quote, I'm taking it, hydroxychloroquine, right now, yeah. A couple weeks ago, I started taking it because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories, end quote. But when his son, Donald Trump Jr., tweeted the frontline doctor's video, his Twitter account was restricted for sharing, quote, content that may pose a risk to people's health, unquote. All videos of America's frontline doctors were then stripped from Facebook and YouTube, and the organization's website was taken down. An avalanche of negative news stories began. These experienced licensed physicians were called quacks and said to be funded by dark money. USA Today reported the doctors, quote, don't know what they're talking about, end quote. Emmanuel told me, then the attacks, the backlash, the people started saying, no, the drug doesn't work. At some point, it was even hard to convince our patients to take the medication because people were saying it was dangerous. It can kill you. It can stop your heart. I said, no, this is a safe medication. It's been around 60 to 70 years. It's very safe, unquote. Unbowed by the assault from the cancel culture, Dr. Emanuel posted to her Twitter account, quote, Big tech is censoring experts and suppressing the cure. I will not be silenced, unquote. Dr. Gold, too, is adamant, quote, You know, I thought I lived in America. You had a bunch of doctors talking, literally about science, getting deplatformed. It's outrageous, end quote. Dr. Emanuel pointed out something interesting. While the left tried to silence all the frontline doctors, it reserved its most vicious attacks for her, quote, we realized what was going on was not about medicine. That something really sinister was going on, she told me. The battle was not a medical battle. It was a propaganda battle. It was a spiritual battle. The attacks against her were especially barbed, and she is convinced the fear came because of her status as a spirit-filled believer. Quote, I'm a woman of God. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm a deliverance minister. My calling is prophetic, she told me. For me, it was very spiritual. I've been praying for the nation. There was an anointing from the Holy Spirit that came on the day I spoke, and I broke something in the Spirit. She said, the whole world was catching fear. That day it was like a watershed moment, and the Lord really used my voice to break the spirit of fear over the nations. Mincing no words, she added, 
I believe it was actually the devil. I know he works through people, but he was like, stop her, cancel her, shut her up. As a charismatic Christian, I know what it's like to be attacked for believing the Bible literally. There are many things secular observers don't understand or don't want to understand. Many Christians around the world know what it's like to have some theologian reject their doctrines. But since when do we measure respected doctors by their theology? Every religion has beliefs that can be and sometimes are mocked by other religions. I don't agree with Hindu or Mormon beliefs, to name just two, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't allow myself to be treated in an emergency room by a doctor whose understanding of spirituality does not align with mine. I hope that this chapter, chapter three, called Controlling People Through COVID-19, was an eye-opener for you. I hope it makes you want to listen to the entire book or maybe share it with friends or go to stevestrangbooks.com to buy your own copy, an autograph copy. This is my way to get out the message, chapter by chapter, day by day, through the end of December 2021, I'm reading the book. I hope you'll enjoy it. In a way, it's my Christmas present to you. But also, I know that people will be listening to this long after December 2021. So tune in again tomorrow for Chapter 4, which is How the Culture is Canceling Christianity.